thank you so much for joining me for the very first episode of the Unfree Parents podcast. Before we really get started in our first episode, I just wanted to quickly say uh, congratulations to Ryan Stasek and his beautiful family on the birth of their new baby girl uh, at the end of March. They are such an adorable little family, so congrats to all of you. Also, I wanted to just send my condolences to Joel and his wife, Dasha. Um, he lost his mother at the beginning of April, so just wanted to send some love during that really difficult time. I also wanted to send some huge thank yous out to some amazing people who have helped me make this idea of a podcast become a reality. Um, I want to first start with my amazing editor, Eric, who has put together this first episode and has helped with answering all of my questions and really making all the final pieces of this come together. And I'm so excited to continue working with him and having this whole thing grow. So thank you so much for all of your hard work, Eric. Also, to John, who is a member of the Umfreak Parents Facebook group, who provided the set one music that you will hear at the end of this podcast. Jimmy Rogers, aka Nachos for All, for those of you who are on Twitter, who is providing some amazing Umfreak facts. RJ from Osiris Podcast, who was so great to meet with me over the phone and talk to me about equipment and how to really start a to build a community around this podcast. So thank you so much for for everything, RJ. Thank you. Um, and finally, to thank you to Jim Leap, another member of the Umfreak Parents Facebook group, who I will be interviewing a little later. He does sound at Vegetable Buddies, a club in South Bend, Indiana, where Jake's other band, Alibaba Sahini, just played in September an amazing show. If you have not listened to it, it is on Nugs. So good. And uh, it'll be really great to talk to him about everything that he is doing. So make sure that you stick around for that. All right, so let's jump right in. If you do not know me, I am Sarah Jahimiak, and I am the creator and administrator of the Facebook group, I'm Freak Parents. I started that group in 2015 because I didn't have any parent friends that loved Umphreys McGee the way that I do. So instead of feeling like the odd mom out at school with the Umphreys hat and jacket and all the miscellaneous merchandise, I decided to start this group. And now it has morphed into an amazing community with almost 250 members now morphing into this podcast, which is just something that is still blowing my mind that it's happening and coming together. And it's such a great little group of people. We share about our kids at shows or couch tour with our kids, um, our favorite jams. We've been doing questions of the day and, you know, learning more about different shows and it's just an awesome place for people to be, you know, we'll even talk about hard stuff in there, which is really nice to have a place to talk about even the shitty stuff of life, you know, because that is still there. And I think for me, 
that was the piece that was missing in finding, you know, Umphrey's fans that, you know, had these friendships, people that still have shit going on in their lives, but still love to go to these shows and just feel really passionate about the music. So it's really great to have that community now. We're going to start having meetups. Our first one will be a smaller one at the Baldwinsville show, May 17th. I'll be at that show. I'll be taking my three-year-old Brendan with us. So that'll be a smaller one. But at summer camp, we're going to do a much larger one if you are interested in you know, being a part of that. If you are not in the Facebook group already, we are Umfreak Parents. Uh, we do require, though, that you are a parent. So there are three questions that are asked before you can come in. But if there is a call for a community around this podcast, because being a parent is not a requirement to listen, because we do talk about all things Umfreeze. So if there is a call for an open community surrounding this podcast, please just let me know and we can absolutely make that possible. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter at UmfreakParents um, and also on Instagram at Sarah Jahimiak. So any of those places, just let me know what you think about this whole thing. And yeah, so very excited. Let's get started. So in this episode, we'll be talking about any recent Umfreeze news, including recapping any recent shows. And on this day in UM history, which if you are listening to this podcast when it airs, which is May 1st, so we'll be discussing May 1st, 2009, where they played in New Orleans, the interview with Jim Leap that I touched on a little bit earlier, and at the very end, we'll play the first set of music from the On This Day. So the band is getting ready to hit the road again on May 17th in Baldwinsville, New York. Very excited for that because I will be there. Haven't been able to catch a show since November, so I'm definitely itching for some live music. Most recently for the guys, Brendan, Jake, Andy, and Joel played together in South Bend on April 24th with Joel doing a solo opening set. A beautiful set by Joel with a great gig in the sky that everyone has been saying is so emotional. Brendan and Jake, of course, gave the crowd an amazing night. I'm on Fire, Springsteen cover, Susanna, Bad Poker, an elderly woman behind the counter in a small town by Pearl Jam, and all of those had Bayless on mandolin. Andy coming out for the rest of the show with Nemo, That's the Way by Zeppelin, No Diablo, Booth Love, Cut the Cable, Women, Wine, and Song, and a cover of Blackwater by the Doobie Brothers. Just an amazing night for sure, and an encore with Bayless on keys and Jake on drums for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. An amazing, amazing haji with Jake playing just this absolutely beautiful white D'Angelico. Am I saying that correct? Guitar, please. If I'm not saying that correct, please correct me. And everything coming to a close with the cover of Bob Seger's Night Moves. Anybody I know that was there said that it was just an absolutely magical night. There's no doubt about that. I'm really hoping that we'll someday be able to hear all of this amazing music in its entirety. Some really interesting facts from that night. The Brennan and Jake Acoustic Show marks the 21st Stripped Down Affair, 15 holiday shows in Chicago, one Summer Camp 2011, one VIP at the Shed Aquarium in 2012, 
one VIP pre-summer camp show at the Cubby Bear in 2013, one late night show in Aspen at the end of the 2014 run, the most recent Sweetwater Fest late night, and of course, the return visit to where it all began 20 years earlier. There are 21 acoustic shows at 10 different venues, 11 at the Park West, and the South Bend show offered what is likely to be the widest age demographic at one of these unique offerings with a healthy chunk of the crowd above 50 years old. This marks the fifth unrelated show at the Morris Performing Arts Center. The last four visits were 2009, 2007, and twice in 2008. The last Umphrey show in South Bend City was 2011 at Club Fever, a venue that echoes Umphrey's college bar roots. And I am super jealous of anybody who got to see them at that point of their career. We have people in our Facebook group that were able to catch those early shows. And it's so awesome to hear their stories of the early days. So that's always really neat. And of course, we have to talk about the absolutely fire set that was the 420 Sweetwater Festival on April 22nd. I mean, that entire set, come on. I've seen Umphreys in the Rain before, and they never disappoint. The energy from Couch Tour was amazing, so I can only imagine the energy in the crowd. And huge props to all of those people's people for sticking out during the terrible weather. A little fun fact for the request that Mother Nature put in, Fool in the Rain enjoyed 150 show bust out. Last played August 2016. It was the second longest time on the shelf for the most played cover in UM's repertoire. From April 2007 to June 2009, Fool sat idly on the shelf for 255 shows. That was an amazing cover too. I love that one. Some highlights from this show, the jam in the middle of Remind Me, totally love that. For sure, the best Remind Me of 2018, and I can definitely see that being in the Hall of Fame. Mantis in the Rain was no doubt a spiritual experience, and the jam at about the 11-minute mark is the type of Umphreys that just fills you with so much hope, super uplifting, and just fuck yeah, I can do anything. The Taz sit-in on Lenny by Stevie Ray Vaughan, just, just wow. I mean, that kid is so talented at only like 14 years old. It's just amazing to watch the flawless talent coming out of him. And to see Jake's face when they were playing, that is definitely one of my favorite things about Umphreys, their stage presence and genuine respect for other people in the game. An interesting fact about that cover, Lenny, was the only other 2018 debut of the evening. Thus far, after 31 proper shows in 2018 and a third of the year in the books, Umphreys has played 149 originals and 44 covers. For comparison's sake, 2017 featured 196 originals and 104 covers over the whole year. So, the boys have their work cut out for them over the next eight months. Still waiting to see a 2018 stage debut include Divisions, Thin Air, Bright Lights Big City, Believe the Lie, Pageants, Women, Wine, and Song, although it was played acoustic in South Bend City. I just want to give a huge, huge shout out to Jimmy Rogers, a.k.a. Nachos for All, for all of his hard work and help in getting these amazing facts to bring to you guys. So thank you so much 
to him. And if you are not following him on Twitter, he is at um, Facts. And I'll be sure to put a link to his page in the show notes. So thanks so much, Jimmy. Sweet. So let's move on to the On This Day in Um History segment. If you're listening to this podcast when it originally airs, that would be May 1st. So on this day, back in 2009, the band played in New Orleans, Louisiana. This show was actually night two of a two-night run at the House of Blues. The show features a really great first set, opening with a really solid golf stream, without skipping a beat right into Andy's last beer, and then right into a monster triple wide. Sets beginning like this are probably one of the biggest reasons what I really love about Umphreys. The fact that they play these three songs just right into each other and you're standing there and you're just like, this is still going. Like they're still playing without skipping a beat. And just for that, you know, reason, plus a billion others, of course, but That being a big reason is just the amount of music that you experience just in, you know, the very beginning of a show is is amazing. So from that triple wide, they go right into a really great cover. That's all by Genesis that I am just personally totally in love with lately. I'm hoping that they will cover that this summer when I see them. It's just so great. Jake sounds amazing singing and I just, it, I love it. It's, they've only covered it 14 times total last time being May 2nd, 2015. So I think it's definitely time to dust that one off the shelf at summer camp. Maybe guys, the set rounds out with a turn and run into smell the mitten much obliged, which I'd have to say is in my top five favorite. The set closes out with an always powerful, the floor so many great teases are peppered throughout the first set. Bob O'Reilly, Stairway to Heaven, Young Lust, Voodoo Child, all of them in there. Definitely want to make sure that you stick around to the end of the episode to listen to this first set. And seriously, check out the second set of the show as well. So, so good. Joel gets really funky during Hangover and the Cemetery Walk 2 is a favorite with my youngest kids when I put it on in the car. Definitely some dance parties in the back seat while we're running errands. Some other great teases make their way all through this second set. The show closes out with a cover of the Rolling Stones' Can't You Hear Me Knocking. Just a really solid show all around. Definitely give the whole thing a listen a couple times. You will not be disappointed. Um, I'll put a link to the set list from the All Things Umphreys website in the show notes so that you're able to check out the set list closely. And at the end of the episode, do not forget that I will be playing the first set from this show, so make sure you stick around for that. And for all of you in the Facebook group that are listening, um, I will start a thread in the group so that we can talk about it after everybody listens to the show. And if you were there, please share your stories, your pictures, your memories, your highlights, whatever. I'd love to hear all about it. Now we're going to move on to our phone interview with Jim Leap. Hey, my name is James Leap. 
James is my given name. Either call me Jim or Jimmy. <laughs> um, I'm 51 years old. Uh, I live in uh, Michigan and I'm just over the line from South Bend City, uh, but not in my house. That's uh, where I mostly work out of uh, during the week. Uh, we work at the we work at the Boondock Studios, uh, making noises uh, and creating noises for Humphreys through Jake. And uh, on the weekends, I work uh, at a bar called um, uh, Vegetable Buddies. Uh, I do a lot of sound there, and uh, I've been doing sound for a while. Uh, I also have my own little rental uh, PA system that I rent out to uh, do sound for any band that needs stuff like that. Uh, but uh, let's see, I've been, I'm fortunate enough to, uh, I mean, I don't have to work real hard for my income, so, because, uh, uh, have other income too so uh makes it kind of easy to have this fluid schedule and uh, be able to here to create stuff i mean well, i have to read the studio well we'll get into the studio how this came about too but you know it's uh eventually want to you know i'm not like down you know we used to take a few bands and make we don't make much money up here it's mostly for uh on free stuff so okay and are you are married Oh, yes, I'm married. Right? You bought me like, because this is a family thing. This is a parent thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, let's not forget the, the wife uh, and children. Wife, Beth, I, I met her uh, in 2002 after I moved back from uh, out west. Uh, I had a friend of mine die in a motorcycle accident, and uh, I had promised her the year before if anything ever happened to her that I'd make sure her kids were taken care of. She actually wanted me to steal them and stuff, but I was like, no, I don't think I can really do that, but uh, I'll do my best to make sure everything's going all right for them and everything absolutely fabulous for them. Uh, they are grown up now. Uh, one's getting married. They both all went to college. One's in the Navy. There's actually three kids all together and just grown up to be the greatest, some of the greatest kids I hope my kids turns out to be. <laughs> wow, that's so and beautiful. Then, um, and then, uh, you know, I've done that back and you know, I just, we just hung around, stuck around, and uh, got to liking each other. And because, uh, you know, it was kind of a fresh thing. Actually, I didn't know her at all. Uh, I kind of knew of her very barely, but, uh, you know, I just met her. And, and there was, it was actually under some dubious circumstances, too. But uh, uh, everything, you know, we were both basically at, the, uh, at our rock bottom, sort of. And, and uh, when you're at the bottom, the only way to go is up. So yeah. we did. Oh, that's beautiful. That's <laughs> uh, but so I was introduced by the legendary Ralphie. Uh, uh, sure, if people been around long enough with Humphreys that know Big Ralph. Big R. Yeah, like if you get the ABT, um, ABT album, uh, Living Room, they have you know a song called Cold Beer at Mickey's, which used to be Mickey's Pub, which was right behind. Um, the more civic auditorium mm -hmm. and uh you know i used to play there back in the day and uh basically ralphie got him in there and, and uh he'd be bartending every night and so uh, you know there's some legendary stories with you know, ralphie <laughs> so he'd be a good Humphrey's parent to get <laughs> very cool uh, maybe we can get him on that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be very cool, very cool. uh let's see yeah, he's, he's got three kids, too, and he's, he's old like me. It's like, how am I going to do this? Three kids. Oh <laughs> three kids 
is like for no one at any age. Like it's just. Well, I know he, he's my age. He's he's forty five. Like I'm gonna be sixty when my kid graduates. I'm, like, hey, I'm gonna be sixty two, man. It's, that's kind of how I roll. But I had you know I had way too much fun in the in the years before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? And that's like enjoy it before you have kids for sure because things just really. And and I also thought I'd never have kids, but. I'm so glad I did. I mean, it's the biggest challenge in my life, but it's like, um, you know, it's what it was meant to be, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. And you have one child? One child, Gibson, yes. And he was not named after the guitar, but it kind of fit in nicely. Uh, he was named after Gibbs on NCIS because my wife liked that for some reason. So <laughs> I wanted Lennon Leap, but... Uh, uh, she thought, well, he'd be called Lenny, and that sounds like a bad used car salesman. And uh, <laughs> and, he, and it was possibly he was going to go into the automotive business because you know that's kind of our family business is automotive dealerships. And I was going to do that, but I didn't. It wasn't really uh, <clears throat> I wasn't really into that selling car stuff for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm sure I could have made a bunch of money, but uh, that would not have been real happy. Um. What was your first introduction to Humphreys? Oh, let's see. I was out living out west, and I came back to visit South Bend, and I was here for the week or weekend. I think it was, I want to say it was Easter weekend or something. It was 4-7, or I was there for Easter. It was 4-7-0-0, I believe. And uh, some you got to check this band out. You know, they're awesome. And, and even the other band that was opening, you know, they're all about them because one of their friends is in that band. So uh, and I went down to see him, and uh, I was, like, blown away for sure. And, you know, uh, they even let me record, because even then I was recording everything I'd see pretty much, you know. And, and uh, so even though I lost that recording, so I don't know even where the heck it's at. But, <laughs> but I can, you know, at least I know I can get it, because there was a little recording line going online there, and even Kevin was recording it, so it's like, sweet. Nice. And, I was just, and then I was, it was also cool because it was in this old theater that's in South Bend called the State Theater, and somebody had reopened it up for bands to play again. And I was even just as blown away by that, too. It's like, I can't believe how cool this is. You know, it was an absolute dump, but man, it was just so cool to have something real in South Bend instead of having to go see him in some dinky bar or something like that. So, uh, I mean, they just blew me away, and, uh, and that was. Uh, and uh, actually, a couple of the band people in the beginning band, even though I thought they were from Kalamazoo, you know, they're still around town and they still play here all the time. So, I mean, we have a good music scene, at least here in South Bend. <clears throat> but then, um, so that was the first time. And yeah, I was just blown away. I thought they were better than Fisher after that because I'd seen them fish plenty of times too. And I was sort of getting bored by them. You know, I still, widespread panic still blew them up off the stage too you know it was more exciting and there's no snooze parts <laughs> yeah oh yeah so all those like, oh yeah i feel the same way that's about what i like about Humphreys too <laughs> is there's no snooze parts and i go see the dead and even if they were bad it was still good but you know, but uh you know they had their off nights and stuff too whereas you know at least with Humphreys, like it's always just on there's nothing like there's no bathroom breaks <laughs> yeah well that's and it's funny because like my brother-in-law will go to shows with us a lot and then like the times that he can't he'll ask how was the show and i'll be like i'll just look at him and be like it was amazing of course like <laughs> what do you want me to say of course it was the best the only <laughs> thing that might make me go away is the edm stuff but i'll even still if i don't know how to go i'm not just gonna go okay here's the edm well, 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 well. it's like no <laughs> it's like oh okay 
I'll go now. <laughs> well, and that's that's the only way that I listen to any sort of EDM is if um, if Umphreys is doing anything in a song mm-hmm. because my husband is into EDM. He knows like a bunch of different DJs and stuff, and he mm-hmm. actually, when we were dating, like took me to some DJ thing, and I I hated every minute of it. Like even <laughs> just like the cr- like all the people in the crowd were just not like yeah, people that I weird. was used to, and I'm just like. Never again. So. This ain't hippie. Seems like yeah. that seems more about you know everybody. It's about yourself instead of the scene and, and other people. You know, it's like you know it's more, yeah. more of your own headspace instead of like you know what's going on. I don't know. Yeah, no, and and, and I, that... I'm also showing my age. You know, 51 years old. It's like you know, I've seen a lot of things. But <laughs> you know what though, I I com- I completely agree. I mean, I'm 34, and you know, so like my parents were into rock and roll and prog rock and my parents are really the reason why I am into Umbreeze now mm-hmm. is because what my dad mm-hmm. was listening to Genesis and Rush and all these things when oh, I was yeah, a kid yeah. and you know so any of like the quote-unquote hippie music was not until I was a teenager so by then you mm-hmm. know like Jerry was dead or, or classic, and, we'll say classic rock and you know because the 80s were a big break between you know old classic and new type of classic and then the 80s was just weird <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 80s were definitely... I had to grow up like, what is this stuff, yeah. you know, I was a classic rock guy in New Waveland, and, or No Wave, it's like, Ugh. the new British invasion, no! Yeah, you know, I can only imagine... Now, that. I, now I, like, now I kind of like this stuff, now I listen to, like, First Wave on, on uh, X Series, like, I'm listening to, like, a lot of stuff I would never listen to when I was in the 80s and stuff. I think maybe it's like a like a nice wine. It gets better with age. Maybe that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, like it, at first, everybody's like. Oh. I think I think it just brings back old memories more than anything. Yeah, yeah, maybe that <laughs> good is old, good old younger memories. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So on that subject, what are some of your musical influences? Like, what are one of your sort of favorite? Actually, bands? my first concert. My uh, my first concert was like Foreigner. So I mean, I, used to, I like all kinds of music. So, uh, and then, like, let's see, on the, on the jam thread, I remember uh, going to college and my buddies introduced me to the good old Grateful Dead. And then the uh, first show was in 87 in uh, Arizona. And that pretty much blew my mind. I was like, oh, I can see a lot of people, you know, follow this stuff. Somebody sprayed me some, uh, with a spray bottle that uh, kind of enhanced my uh, buzz in a certain ways. And, uh, I was like, uh, wow, this is something. I mean, the, the sound is moving all the way through the speakers and up to the sky, and it's just, like, crazy, beyond crazy. I just could not believe what they were doing with, like, music, you know? Like, as you always have heard it presented to me, you know, just, you know, straight up flat, you know, or you know, AM radio or just, you know, straight up melody stuff and, you know, not like Dan Healy from The Grateful Dead, their old sound engineer, just swirling the whole sound through all the speakers and, and, you know, they're off kilter timing and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is something different, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, then yeah. just blew me away. And then, uh, like, two months later, I saw him in Long Beach and, and uh, this time, by my own choice, I tried to uh, be psychedelics. And then uh, I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> nice. There's nice. a whole new world out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure it was, like, a really awesome experience to be able to you know, have and then I've uh, seen lots of lots of first first was shows. You know, uh, Miami '89 was uh, with the Dark Star there. That just at the very end of the tour was uh, another show that just was like wow, unbelievable. How they can just 
control your emotion and everything and uh, show and tell you a story with no, with just lights and music and no speaking, you know, it was some of the craziest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> so, uh, then I saw this Miami of 89 dead show where, uh, you know, there was, um, it was the end of the tour. They did a dark star where basically during, you know, they told the story of basically going to a show and with, and, you know, going to a show and seeing a show and leaving a show and going to the parking lot through the lights. I swear, at least this is my interpretation. You know, I was just amazed at how they can um, control your emotion and your thoughts almost and, and stuff, you know, with the music. And it was just crazy you know, uh, how they just controlled everything. And uh, it was it was pretty wild. Then I moved back home, and then I see uh, went to go see some horde shows, you know, because I liked a bunch of those bands. Blue Strout was playing, and a bunch of those bands. And then I had gotten uh, uh, I walked up with all my recording equipment, and uh, they wouldn't let me into the World Music Theater, or back then it was Tweeter, or I think it was Tweeter. No, it wasn't Tweeter. World News. It was real World News Theater back then. They wouldn't let me into the recording stuff, so they said go around to the side gate where the trucks go in and they'll have the you know I demanded to talk to the tour manager because they let they let you record and it was like and then so the tour manager came around and it was my buddy Dirk from college and uh he was like number four because that was my uh nickname in college and uh I was like Dirk and then uh, so I'd see you know after that I'd seen quite a bit of horde shows because he was just saying come on back come back back I'll get you in I was like sweetie <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, you know, and that, they were letting me, you know, let us get board feeds off the board and and all kinds of stuff for uh, most of Blues Travel. I didn't really care about Widespread Panic back then, but then after a while, I was like, wow, they they really are awesome, especially though in some Atlanta with, uh, drove all the way down to Atlanta to see a horde show because I think it was the last one. And, and uh, Blues Travel didn't go on, usually they go on last because they were kind of bigger, but this time in Atlanta, Widespread played last because it was their home place and you know blue strata put on smoke and set and then and then you know widespread you know had to put on smoke and set because blue traffic did so <laughs> they put on smoke and set and i was like well these guys are pretty good too <laughs> and then uh moved up, moved up to colorado and then uh you know Widespread is playing out there all the time so uh you know i'd see uh see them uh all, all over the place 8150 you know i saw the sit and ski tour where, where the floors were bouncing up and down and they had all the roadies had to held on to the amplifiers keep them from falling over because the whole place was just bouncing so hard that's and, crazy uh, it was crazy and i was like you know, there was a few bands that wouldn't get a bouncing because it was adults sold out you know oversold out for widespread at this old place you know it was like you know the love tractor you know boom 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 and the thing was bouncing like a tractor man it was, it was, it was like a it was unbelievable. You know, you, everybody hears about springy floors, but you know, until you really felt one and the whole crowd's going together and feeling it. <laughs> it's something. That's crazy. And then, and then uh, you know, I've seen all kinds of Red Rock shows through the nine, from 95 to 2001. You know, I've seen widespread, every one of widespread shows. And, uh, Al Blue Traveler, during, uh, they did, they had the used to have the uh, July 4th uh Slot and now I'm pretty has it, so it's kind of weird circles like that too that I've been, you know, that I've that I get to, you know, yeah, <laughs> circles of life. It's like you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's went to the go see, and all of a sudden, you know, you're at the now you're hanging out with these guys at Dumfries, and now they're playing the uh, 
suite set at uh, at uh, Red Rocks. It's just mind, sort of mind-blowing. I know it blows their minds, too. You can be playing there, but yeah. you know, I have this thing, too. It's like, you know, my old band used to have that spot that I used to love. It got me into fucking doing what I am, you know, hanging, you know, working for bands, basically. I, I, I call it hanging because it's, you know, it's not really working. It's, it's you, know, you still have such a good time working for these guys. You know, it's like, it's not like work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and it's just more like hanging out and, you know, just getting stuff done, you know, without having, you know, without like totally working at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, e- it's, it's uh, or, easy. Or, you know, work is fun, so it's not really work. Yeah. All right. Um, you had mentioned that you do sound at Vegetable Buddies in South Bend. Oh, yes. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. And then if you want to um, talk about the ABT show um, on oh, yeah. the 30th, I am, like, in love with that show. I was actually, like, listening to that show before we started talking <laughs> to, like, calm my nerves a little bit. It like, is a great show, man. I listen it's, to that show, show pretty regularly. Like, it's really, really a great show. So Anybody listening and not listen to that, listen to it because it's a really great show. So you should. It's on Nugs, so check it out. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it was a, um, it was kind of funny because Mike Walter they had a benefit for him and uh, first it really wasn't supposed to be. It was just gonna be Jake, you know, showing up and playing. Had a bunch, you know, three songs and you know a bunch of other bands playing. But then uh, somehow it turned into an ABT reunion, and I was like, what? And I usually I'd hear about it beforehand, and. Uh, and I didn't see hear about it until it came on Facebook. I was like, Jake, this, this is kind of crazy. It's like, yeah, yeah that's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but we're going to do it. And, uh, and, you know, it's just, it was ABT 2.0 because, you know, ABT 1.0 is with Carl Engelman. 2.0 would be with uh, Khalil Smiley, and, and you know, the keyboard player, who had only, you know, practiced with them once. And basically it was a form um, practice. You know, they didn't go through every song. They just kind of said, this is where these things going to happen and stuff. And basically, it was that was the all pretty much seat of your pants flying improv right on on that show, and you know I was all freaked out, you know, with, you know especially with this new keyboard player because I knew him. It's like, oh, if he's gonna be good, good enough, and he, he ended up shining really, really well on that thing. Oh, he's and so then, amazing! And we recorded it. It came out. And it came out so well that uh, that uh, you know Jake loved it. You know, it's something that he actually plays a lot too because he likes the sound of it and. Uh, how what a good time he had up there, and it because pretty much because of that he's like let's get the old ABT back together and now they're recording a new album for Alibabstini too you know Carl Carl deal with uh, with with the original you know Alibabas who basically they did Living Room too with Carl um, Carl the uh, bass player that was in North Carolina now yeah. he's a uh, he's playing yeah yeah Carl's a really nice guy I have talked to him I actually. Um reached out to him when I started my event business because I wanted to make sure that I could use my name that I wanted without, uh, I don't want to use a name and not ask. Oh, because Partying Peeps is a, is a Alibaba song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, can you talk to Carl? He's a, he's a great guy. So and, I and totally he's, an event part, he's a caterer. He's a event partner. Yeah, he's that was very cool. cool. So we kind of like talked about that too, and he was like totally cool with me as in the name and everything and I'm like awesome thanks I just don't want to step on anybody's toes you know just want to make sure that mm-hmm. everybody's covered with their own art and ideas too of course so right, awesome. he so, did another good one too I, I'll see, well he, he jumped off Facebook he hates Facebook anymore so he's not on um so you were talking about a new ABT album is there anything that you can share about that 
let's see. Uh, a lot of the people back from the, from the living room album. Um, Jeff Hinkle, we couldn't get a hold of him until the last, you know, until half the stuff was done. So at least he's back around. He's gonna he's gonna be on the new Mother, Mother Vinegar album, which is Carl's other 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 band. Okay. But um, but otherwise, uh, we got uh, a lot of good people, and it's, it sounds really good. I mean, I, it's uh, yeah, I've, this is like the first to me real. I mean, I've done a lot of Umphrey stuff recording their stuff for Jake, you know, basically just overdubs, you know, not recording bunches of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, this one, you know, I'm actually doing the whole project with them and stuff, so it's that's pretty involved and pretty high-opening and fun. <laughs> that's cool. So, and, yeah, and, and learning a lot. We went down to Nashville to do some overdubs with Greg Majors, who's a producer for, for Umphrey's, and uh, he taught us a bunch of stuff and gave us a great mix to, to you know, because Jake's just started doing computer recording used to have kind of like a computer tape machine that's and just record the old fashioned way through a board and everything and now he's trying to get the computers so he talks a bunch of stuff to learn off of and it's just you know now it's gonna go on the hyperdrive of stuff that uh jake makes because he's already he's already in hyperdrive basically with his recording setup you know he was really good at it so he you know he's got like 100 of songs about 150 songs that haven't been released because it's just he does a song a week basically when he comes home for two days between things and just has an idea and boom 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 plays everything on it and comes out with a killer song. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it is. So and when then, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> when you are there, so you are there during the week, like all the time. Yeah. Okay. So like. Uh, pretty yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So when you're there, like how often, like when. The, when Umphreys is not touring, are they there? Or Jake, Jake is there? Well, dude, just Jake is. Only Jake would come. And he's here every day, but they're not touring. Okay. Pretty much. He, he's here every day. They're not touring. Me and him, like, we both have kids. So we'll come in after we drop off the kids, work on some stuff. And, and uh, usually about 1 o'clock or 2, he's got to go pick up his kid. And I got till about 2.50 before I got to pick up my, my son. So I... Uh, you know, we have sometimes we have we have one other producer we kind of work with, Willie Waldeman, who's worked with. He plays horn on all these great bands from the '90s, and he's played with Jake before. And the North Indiana All Stars, he brings you know three bands a year to record and um, work on some of that stuff. Uh, but uh, most of the time, it's you know doing watching Jake work and learning off each other. You know, like. I'm showing him how to run the computer stuff, and he shows me how to record stuff really well. <laughs> That's cool. So and how the do thing you... about it, you know, we, we might expand the studio someday and take on other clients, but for now, it's just a straight up uh, sort of an invite only thing. So, do you are there other bands that have come in there and have done you know any sort of work at all? <clears throat> uh yeah. Uh, let's see. We had Brothers Rage. Um, they're a band out of Chicago. Uh, Earphoric, who was uh, came out um, and were doing pretty well for a while, and then they on the verge verge of breakup, and then they got a new guitarist, and hopefully they can keep it going because they are really awesome. They're out of Fort Wayne, and uh, they came from uh, a guy named Pat Davidson who works with Humphreys, and he's like, hey, can you? They were friends of his. It's like, do you guys record these guys? And we ended up liking them, you know. Uh, usually, it's a lot of them the bands that you know are 
like Dumpkins a lot, so, you know, they have a, a little bit of their sound on them, but they definitely have their own sound, which is good. And uh, let's see, who else we had? I've heard we had a girl named Janelle from Nashville that we were working on through uh, uh, Andy Farrad's brother, Ryan. He was producing some stuff. Tell us how you started working at the studio. Like, how did that all come about? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, um, the studio came about by, um, I'd been hanging out with somebody for a little bit, but not like, like really hang out kind of friends or anything like that. And, um, uh, you know, they're all really jovial guys anyway. So, I mean, so it wasn't like, you know, they're like dicks or anything anyway. So they were just nice guys hanging out with anyway. But, um, they, uh, so, uh, I heard somebody told me that, uh, Jake was looking for some ADAT machine, tape machines to, transfer the living room album over and I was like hey I got some ADAT tape machines and he wanted to transfer them to his ADAT computer machine so he can uh, re- uh, mix it and then uh, and I was like well uh, yeah here's the ADATs and I was checking out I brought them up to the boondock and before that then it was storage space for his parents stuff and there's nothing in it it's like well what are you recording what are you mixing it on and I was like well, you understand that this his studio thing you know kind of what kind of stuff he works on it's like I have the old Mackie board that the Dumper used to use for the live shows and a couple of little moments. Dude, I got this sweet soundcraft and all this other stuff just sitting in a place, you know, looking for a place to go. It's like, uh, what about in here? And his dad is like, sure. And I was like, I told him that I rent it, you know, uh, by the month and we'll, uh, uh, and I'll set up a studio here. And he's like, cool. And his dad, set up this huge like table in in basically what used to be jake's bedroom and i uh, was got these huge monitors on top of some custom in all in wall socket monitors that are not in the wall right now they're just mounted up on this big thing and the board and he built this two by four thing to hold a bunch of the effects on the side and within a week you know and we were like on the run, up and running it was it was pretty cool and, uh, and his parents were really awesome people too and you know talk about some great parents you talk about jake's parents but that'll be another question later <laughs> <laughs> That's but uh but um but yeah then after that uh you know he makes that living room album and uh it, it came out really good and then he's like you know we started just hanging out you know, uh we got a lot of you know just as friends you know he's just a nice guy anyway and uh, i'm really lucky to have him as a friend <laughs> That's cool. And uh, and he just let me into, you know, they let me into his parents let me into their life. He's really good friends with their parents, too. And, you know, I, you know, I don't, I definitely don't call him up all the time or anything. And rarely, rarely go to his house or even call him because, you know, just give him his space. He wants to do it. We just keep what's going on here and it's like a little man cave. You know, I yeah. record some stuff and they send, and it's been good for Humphreys. You know, he doesn't have to go rent another studio for 400 bucks and drive to Chicago and do it and go over and over and over again. You know, we've had Humphreys recorded here once for, uh, I think it was uh, similar, uh, whatever it has well wishers on it. You know, they've, they've recorded here a few times, but it's been about four or five years since they all sat in here and laid down some basic tracks. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been doing like all any solos and vocal do-overs or stuff we've done here with Jake, and they've been happy with the stuff we've been sending them, so... We save them probably a thousand times every time he's got to do an overdub. A thousand bucks every time he's got to do an overdub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I feel 
bit for IP Lab because they're all great guys over there too. But he also puts out really good stuff too. So when he's really relaxed in his own space. Yeah, for sure. He's just in his environment, and if he needs mm-hmm. to go home or whatever, you know, he can mm-hmm. do that too. So. And even really back cool. then, you know, they call him one take Jake. You know, he only takes him one or two takes before he, and it's usually you know a keeper. So it's like he drives three hours, be done in thirty minutes with all this great music and. You know, Half the Jake, they said, we can't make no money off you. You're too, you're too good. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But then I also get spoiled, too, working with him and then other bands. You know, they're good, but you know, when they're not the level that Jake is, like, you know, come on, guys, you can do better than this. Kind of <laughs> you know, gel a little bit. You know, you know, don't play so hard on the drums. You know, they just want to rock out like it's, you know, no tomorrow. It's like, no, you got to play to the room, you know. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about the show on the 24th in South Bend. Um, oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good show. Uh, it was a real good show. Uh, was, I just, like, I was, uh, they asked me to sound for it, uh, like, a, a week before, and I was like, what? No, no, but then, uh, and I wasn't sure, you know, I can, I can run a, my board, but I didn't know, like, all the reason they come in, they bring in some Pro Tools boards or that Midas board, and it's like, I don't know how to run those things. And then who's going to who's gonna shoot the room with the, with the smart system who optimizes the sound system, right? You know, it's Chris Mitchell, who's the, the best in the business. I've seen lots of shows, and nobody's better than Chris, man. And, 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 uh, and you know, when you see what he goes through to optimize the system, make it as clear as it is, and then they come in to South Bend and the local guys, you know, they have really nice equipment, but it's not optimized and it's not, you know, they use a preset instead of, uh, or their ears and whatever, instead of like using a measurement system. So, you know, so I'm poor Bobby had um, with a little bit of feedback and, you know, and he never hears feedback. So when you hear a little bit of it, like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's so bad for him. But, uh, you know, it was mostly because, you know, you, he's a, you should expect to step into an optimized system. But but otherwise, no, they played great. <laughs> and uh, they, play, they played through the stuff, and, uh, and uh, the recording really doesn't show any of that feedback if they ever decide somehow to let it go. At least it didn't destroy the recording. But, you know, as a sound guy, it was driving me nuts. You know, they're playing so good, and they hear, you know, this. I think it was Brendan's guitar would feedback because the acoustic shows are nightmares anyway. But uh, but uh, it was it was a real good show. It was Joel in the beginning, his great gig in the sky. I was about to cry, man. That was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then he, I just knew it was to his mom and, and his parents because you know he just lost his mom recently. And mm-hmm. You could just feel it with him. He's, he's such a and he's such a nice guy, man. They're just all just nice guys. But, I mean, it was really you know I was all nervous for that show and. Now just making sure everything went great for the home crowd, and, and uh, once again they they always sort of pulled out some great stuff out there. But man, I just could not believe it. You know, I read about the you know the 420 fest, and everybody was raving about that. But uh, I'm so glad it was really good here. Yeah, any of the videos that I saw were really great. Like I'm hoping that they do release some mm-hmm. sort of audio or something because. Everybody was talking about it, and I've not been mm-hmm. able to... And I did see one taper there, so there should be a guy that would put it out on archive or something like that, too. Oh. I think Angelo, Angelo Sixto, I think his name is Angelo. Oh, all right. And uh, he was there recording. All right, I'll have to but look. I'll keep, I'll, I, but I'll keep pulling. I'll keep pulling for a thing. Or, you know, they... Uh, I don't know. Well, I haven't... Is it on the... Uh, it's not on their live stream 
music or any any of the Christmas shows on any of the live stuff or anything like that or no? Uh, no? I don't think that they are, and I think that those shows are not on anything. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true. I heard the reason was because it it was a fundraiser. You know they raise funds for different uh, things. So mm-hmm. I heard that that was the reason they wanted to keep it, you know, like exclusive. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah, know so if that's gonna, true. They were going to do a best of, too. I heard they were going to do a best of also and, you know, put it out for charity, too, for, for all those ones. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I would totally buy that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be all about that. I've not seen a Brendan <laughs> and Jake show yet. So it's like that's on my bucket list, too. Like, I oh, really man. need to do that. I was thinking, I'm like, let's see, seven, eight hours to South Bend for a show on a random Tuesday. I had Tuesday. tickets, too. I had extra tickets. I mean, they, they didn't really sell out. There were still plenty of tickets. And I had plenty of friends that had, like, bought, like, ten when they first came out. You know, and that age had about two tickets left over. <laughs> oh, I was thinking, I'm like, let's, let's, let's try, honey. He's like, no, you're crazy. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Umphreys album? Oh, my gosh. I... That, that, hmm. uh, that's that's another thing too it's like all their albums I can play all the way through and they just rock I, the the uh, uh, the the ones I've worked on I don't know, I don't know and I still love local band does okay it just sounds so great and you know they always bitch about it it's like no that thing sounds awesome mm-hmm. and Mantis you know I mean that thing was just unbelievable you know that was like like their dark side of the moon a little bit you know where they really put something cool together and they're really going for the gold kind of thing and all of them are just i can just listen to them all man uh it's, i do listen to them all yeah me too <laughs> uh geez it's like um i know i always i always keep going back to local band does okay it's you know i and uh, I mean, I love Chris. Chris is one of the best drummers I've ever seen in my life. But uh, Miro he had his own style too, and he was so smooth. And him and Andy were friends, I think, before. So they they really complement each other like unbelievable. You know, there was so much space between there. You know, but now now it's like just having the jazziest drummer back there, and which is still good. I mean. I'm, Chris is great, and but uh, yeah, that Miro drumming is just—he's so fluid. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird, mm-hmm. and so I get—I get drawn back to that. Even though I've never met the guy, I never met Miro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, the for first uh, the first time I really was trying to hang out with him was that first uh, tour with Chris, and we got to know Chris, and I was still blown away by him then too. And then I didn't really get into the Miro stuff till later. Mm-hmm. So, what albums have you worked on? Uh, I think the first one I did was Death by Stereo. I'm pretty sure that's got Will Wishers on. I think that was the first yeah. one that, that they recorded here, and uh, or actually probably the last one they recorded here. And um, just did a lot of that. Uh, I was basically just sort of the uh, detach boy and the you know the assistant engineer here, setting up all the stuff and getting used to you know the oddities of our how I got this studio set up. <laughs> So uh, basically, I'm watching them just run Pro Tools, and it was cool because, you know, we had Kevin also here, and Manny, the producer, who's just unbelievable what he's done with their sound. And um, Shane Hendrickson, which is the nicest kid and just the most amazing on Pro Tools. 
those albums too. It's like you know, I've had the Fish albums. And I can't stand. You know, they're, they're just too corny and unlistenable. But there's like I just keep going back. They're they're all listenable. And then you got all these live shows that just blow you away too. It's like it's amazing what these guys put out. But uh, yeah, the uh, so uh, and then after that, uh, it was mostly mostly every album since or real to real, I guess. Uh, we also did a lot of stuff, and that's when I started having to go back through all the stuff that I'd archived for Jake of all his old songs and had to find good copies of it and stuff. And I, I'm not a very good even archiver, I just because I don't know what name of the song, just it was by numbers. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and, uh, you know, to all the stuff. I, I, I said I at least better back up all his stuff to a regular computer instead of all these hard drives for this Elisa's thing that he has. I had to pack him up off, off there and look for him and stuff. And, but otherwise, then, you know, it's just they'll, they'll send us a little two-track and of uh, the mix and uh, say, okay, he needs uh, stuff here, 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 here. We did a lot of stuff on Zaki. My gosh, we spent a lot of time on that. Just going over and over stuff. And basically, he just works out of here now. He rarely goes unless there's some kind of weird vocal stuff. And even Greg Majors uh, will come up here, and all the producers love coming here and, and working in our studio because it's just so homey. Uh, there's no rush. It's quiet. His parents are just, un, you know, they live in the house, you know, 50 feet from the studio and just the most wonderful people you ever met. And uh, he just, just lay down and some tracks and. That's another time where I just take a back seat to the man in charge and uh, do whatever he says. <laughs> Very cool. I'm sure it's such a like a surreal experience. I'm sure. It is. To just... You're sitting there when I'm sitting there recording stuff. It's like how critical do I get on this stuff? You know, because I've seen I've seen you know Greg get very critical, but you know, he's nice about it. You know, it's like no, maybe we should do these things, or it doesn't really fit, and you know, or he's usually the first one to say, "Yep, one take, let's go, move on." <laughs> But, uh, you know, you, you you don't want, it's like, you know, you feel like a fool thinking you're going to criticize these guys for how it's something sounds. But, uh, you know, I'll, you know, Jake is really receptive to it and ain't meant that I ever have to do it too much. But, you know, I, when I do say, well, maybe try something like this. And he's like, yeah, I think you're right there. I know. So that's, you know, that I can do that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very cool he that such, he's, he's such a high caliber. Tool. Yeah. Not like, a lot of people can do that. <laughs> and uh, even uh, what's his name? Uh, Joel came over and was and and uh, and Jake had to go take his uh, pick up his kids or something. So it was just me and Joel laying down some stuff. And uh, he was asking me, "Should I do this here? Or should I do that?" And I was kind of floored. It's like you're asking me. <laughs> it's like anything you do, you put out there is beautiful. So I don't know. But uh, uh, they're both great. But if it was gonna be something, if it's something like a I guess put it down like this. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay. It's like, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> really, it's very humbling. Very cool. That is very, very, very cool. All right, so I'm going to ask you one more question, okay? And then we'll okay. we can wrap it up, and I can let you go on with your day. If you could work with any musician, living or dead, who would it be? If I could work with any musician, living or dead. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I have to think of somebody besides the ones I'm working with because, I mean, I am, I mean, I'm working with my favorite band and the people, you know, I, I was, they became my favorite band before and then, you know, how organically it just came together. It's like, you know, it's, it's, 
it's kind of crazy. But uh, shoot, uh, when I could, uh, there's just so many. I've seen so many, and I have such a broad Mike Miro. <laughs> All right, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. That's the only one I could think of. Yeah. And not because I because I don't like Chris. I love Chris, man. But I never ever got the chance to meet Mike, and uh, and I hear stories about him, and you know how Jake was just broken up when he. You know when when you decide to leave, and uh, you know how much you loved him, and and what the guy he was, basically yeah. him. Because I'm already working for my favorite band. I mean, I I wouldn't want to work for the Dead, or you know, I love them or Widespread. I've you know they're great bands, but uh, I've seen what goes on with other bands, and none of them have the same camaraderie or love for each other or love of their fans as this band. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it is what it is, and I've seen and jam band bands all love their love their fans and are really decent people compared to you know i've seen some i've seen some rock stars that were like oh my gosh and you know if they're and no matter how good they are if they're assholes i don't like like big mm-hmm. people like that so i was like mm-hmm. i don't care who we are like jack white you know i kind of think he's an asshole but you know a lot of people kind of dig him <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh but otherwise yeah there's the only one i can think of <laughs> awesome As, uh Everybody else would think I'm an as an I'm an asshole or something. So. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's I think, think I'm an great. asshole too. So, but everybody else here thinks I'm all right. <laughs> all right. Well, very awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Like this has been really great talking to you and doing this whole thing. Like, um, you too. You too. I can't. I, someday we will meet. Someday we'll meet again. Yes, then, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking like, forward to that. You're definitely gonna have to pull through here on your way to summer camp so maybe i'll treat you guys to lunch or something it's, you know south bend's right on the way we can do the quick tour and you can at least check out the the boondock yeah we've definitely when we went to chicago uh we taught we took our youngest uh his name is brendan and we took him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's actually he i got a picture of him with bayless when he was like six months old it's really cute uh we took him to chicago in 2015 and stopped in South Bend and kind of walked around Notre Dame a little bit and took him around and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. so, but we've only been. Well, that, now I'll give you the it. stars map. <laughs> that would be really cool. So that the, would, the map to the stars homes. <laughs> that would be really awesome. And I would love to well, meet the other you. Thing, and, though, I remember, I remember you had a post that said, uh, did you name any of your kids after anybody in the band? Yeah. And I was like, no, I had Gibson. And I think, well, who did I, I mentioned somebody. I mentioned, uh, Towns, you did, yeah. Towns Van Zandt. Yeah. But I did not mention Ruby. Uh, Ruby was named after her name is Ruby, Ruby Maxine, which are two songs on Donald Fagan's The Nightfly album. Oh, wow. That's Ruby Maxine Sinninger. And I don't think, uh, and it's Sinninger. It's not Sinninger. It's not Winninger. It's Sinninger. Sinninger. <laughs> <laughs> I and know then, so um, many people say it wrong. Sky, I, keep, I, I think Sky is just the Isle of Sky, you know, where Hendrix played, but uh, I can't think or kiss this guy. I forget what, what, she, what she's named after, or if she's a member of anything. But the, the other two, Ruby, and then Ruby came out with red hair, so it was kind of funny. So, so that's Ruby really fitting. Towns, Towns Jacob from Towns Van Zandt. That's those are amazing names. That's that's absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Those are those are beautiful names. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's very awesome. <laughs> I was going to go back and find that post. I was like, should I do that or I'll just mention it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, still put, I, I'll still put it up on the post. But <laughs> you are not going to, to summer sure camp? Uh, no, because I do, uh, for the last 
four or probably twelve years, I do um, sound at a thing called Buses by the Beach. Okay. It's a benefit for the Phoenix Burn Society, and you know we have 120 Volkswagen buses hang out. So if you're wondering where they're all at, they're up there. And <laughs> usually cool. we get the we get a lot of uh, up and coming great, like especially mitten. We call them mitten bands, you know, for Michigan, like the Accidentals, who are just blowing the hell up. They are just awesome, and you need to check them out. But they played our uh, stage like a couple of years back, and they just blew me away, man. They're so sweet, such good kids, and. You know, at the end of the night when it cut off at 11 o'clock for the sounds, you know, they basically walked off the stage and just started playing acoustic right in the middle of everybody. And it was just, you know, you know, one of, it's like it's one of those things that just brings you to tears. I love shows that are just like so moving, you know, that you just leave the, the place just, you know, oh, my God, life is so beautiful kind of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. And uh, that was one of those bands. And then, you know, we, we get a couple bands that go to and come from, uh, so uh, summer camp too. Like we've had uh, Way Down Wanderers. You know, we just get a lot of good bands, and it's just a good time. It's more family oriented too. You know, if we go to last time we went to summer camp, it was for Jane's Addiction, and if, you know, if they play, it always gets weird. So mm-hmm. I try to mm-hmm. I have to stay away from that scene sometimes. You know, because I've definitely had my demons. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, awesome. So I, I'm definitely going to make it back there. You know, so I'm definitely back there. I go back there when Allie Bobestine plays because usually I run sound or do something like that with them. Or So if ABT plays next year, then I will be there. Nice. <laughs> and hopefully they will. Or, or if the band, if one of them bands, they just like, no, you got to see them. You know, it's like, I know what they're doing. They're awesome. <laughs> I've never seen them live, and I really would love to, especially now I'm so addicted to this show. So it's definitely. Oh, the Allie Bobas? Yeah. And, and they're yeah. Really, they're really, so rare they play too. You know, I know. Like also, there's also there's another one um, from Niles Amphitheater that was from the 20, 2010 show. Okay. Oh, there was another. I mean, I also uh, so I also went out on tour. You know, I went out on tour. I was lucky enough to go on tour with um, Breeze right after we got finished the Living Room album. We went on tour with. Uh, I went on tour for a month and a half when Wade left, and uh, you know, those you got to hand it to those roadies out there. You know, uh, Robbie, Bob. Um, Bridges, uh, all those guys. They, I mean, Jefferson, even Jefferson, you know, when he's there three hours before the show, just totally programming a light show. I mean, these guys put everything into it. But anyway, you know, we were up at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, setting up the lights, setting the sound, setting up everything, and those guys just work their ass off, you know, for the for the other guys to do four hours of fun. You know, these guys are just, you know, I did that for uh, 23 shows, and I was like, wow, and it was fun. Just, just an eye-opening experience, and then after that, we uh, about a month later, he had his he had towns, and then uh, right before we had Gibson, uh, we did a small Alibaba Stini tour with uh, with the guys on the Living Room album, and uh, we got a lot of those recordings. We'd like to let out here pretty soon, but we do have one that's been record- left let out. It's uh, Niles Amphitheater, and it was a good time. I think we had, we had to cut out the Paget one because he got too weird, and also time on the CD, but it was a good time. <laughs> Very cool. And then apparently they have a legendary show from Buffalo too. Um, and I, I think it was a really good show, but it's also a show I think uh, Khalil said I don't want to tour anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they play in Buffalo? Do you know offhand? Uh, I don't know. I want to say I'm like I'm standing up in the studio looking for the looking for the. Uh, I thought they had the poster in there somewhere. Um, not about. I will find out. Not like. Yeah. 
Awesome. Uh, yeah, that'd be sweet. I would love to know what. Um, Alibaba, mm-hmm. hold on. Where's my glasses? Oh, I can't get my glasses. Thank you. Well, no, Alibaba's taking me up there, but I think it was more like a hand, handwritten one, and not an iPhone. I guess. No, no, no. Sorry. No, but I'm sorry. All right, no, that's sweet. That'd be very cool. <laughs> I, I would love to know where they're going. They'll know because when I when I mention girls, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that one." So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's very cool. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you all for listening. We're going to close the show out with the first set from the On This Day show. And if you are not a member, please join us on Facebook at Umfreak Parents. Please answer those three questions to make sure that you are a legit parent before you join. And if you have any questions, comments, ideas, please feel free to email the show at umfreakparentspodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at umfreakparents. And all of that's right in the show notes. Thanks so much.
all your friends are here now, and they can be our friends too. All our friends are here now, and this is what we have to do. All your friends are here now, and maybe they could be our friends too. Give me a reason. 
was wrong when I thought it was right. It's always the same, it's just a shame. That's all. Turn me on to the nocturne break. Talking with them, said the thing don't play. It's always the same, it's just a shame. That's all. Well, I could leave, but I won't go. It'd be easier, I know. I can't feel a thing from my head down to my toes. Why does it always seem to be Looking at you, you looking at me It's always the same, it's just a shame That's all, that's all Turning me on, turning me off Making me feel like I want too much Living with you, since you're putting me through it all at a time Staying around, running out all night Tell me it's back when I know that it's right It's always the same, it's just a shame That's all I love you more than I wanted to. There's no point in trying to pretend. That's a wise makes me feel like you say we'll be together to the end.
could, you wish you would, I hope that is understood.
Cheers, everybody. I guess it's Saturday officially. I know you have a lot of options here in New Orleans, and we thank you for choosing to spend your time with Humphreys McGee. We appreciate that very much.
Thank you. 
Don't disappear, people. We're taking a very short break. We'll be back. More bras and panties are welcome. And the scary guy in the flea outfit, don't go anywhere. We'll see you soon.
Thank you.